This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. So, yeah, in 3000 Hit Club, you lost Lou Brock and Al Kaline this year. And I think that's it. I can't remember if anybody else had died. No, I think that's it. Just well, those two fellas. With Morgan um, gone, just think of, man, that's a. That's an, almost an entire great team mm-hmm. that we've lost. Well, then Jimmy Wynn died, the toy cannon. Bob Watson died. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, you've lost pretty much a whole team. Someone else died. Who was it? I had it saved here to tell you. Of course, they lived longer than they used to. Oh, yeah. Johnny Antonelli, Ron Paranowski, Don Larson. Don Larson's not even in the Hall of Fame. Mm-mm. He was that one-pitch wonder. That's it. Can you imagine? I still remember. I was watching that game, and I remember Yogi Berra running out there and and uh, jumped right uh, right in his uh, lap, you might say. That's awesome. Yeah. I remember. I didn't ever watch it, but I remember seeing the highlights of it, I guess. But, yeah, you're right. I think Yogi came out there and picked him up or something. Yeah, just flew right into him. Back when baseball was a game. Baseball was the game back then. It's just the whole high. But, see, you know, people are not watching uh, basketball anymore, which tickles me to death. (laughs) What is basketball? Yeah. (laughs) They'll they'll still watch football, but I I don't know how they do the ratings, but – if if this was um, the Dodgers playing the Yankees again, mm-hmm. why well, it'd be out out uh, polling everybody. Oh, it would. Yeah, but with the Braves, of course, you know a real baseball enthusiast they love to watch the Braves. I do. Oh, I do too. I like the whole small market team, or you know, I don't know where they rank in market size, but. We are on the air, Thomas Booker. Well, how about that? I had no idea. And we, we, <laughs> the best conversation is before they tell us we're on the air. And now we're, well, <laughs> but, but they've been picking you, up on us. You took a picture of the two of us. You've got on an, an Atlanta Brave outfit. I've got on a New York Yankee outfit. Yes, sir. Mine is Mickey Mantle. Yes, sir. One of the greatest of all times. Why did you select a pitcher for yourself? I like Greg Maddox and for the Atlanta Braves since they're yeah. in the National League Championship Series. Yeah. I thought I'd represent the local local team. 
Greg Maddox was a great pitcher. He was phenomenal. Yeah. Four Cy Youngs in a row. That's unbelievable. From what, 1992 to 1995, I believe. And I don't think anybody ever did that, did they? Randy he, Johnson. Randy Johnson. Later on. Yeah. But I think uh, Greg Maddox, he was giving up, uh, I think it's like a 189 or 190 ERA mm-hmm. over those four years. I mean, he, yeah, just complete utter dominance. Nicknamed the professor for a reason. But, but the, I figured on Mickey Mantle, you wouldn't wear anybody else. So No. <laughs> he was by far my idol when it, when it comes to baseball. I mean, uh, I never saw anybody could play like him. He, he was one of these gifted people that uh, it was almost like uh, the, the horse. Secretariat, Secretariat was uh, given God-given abilities that nobody else had. Mickey Mantle was one of those. He was and, 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 and I just wish he had appreciated it more. I think he did. I mean, to an extent, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah. You know, when you're in New York in the 1950s, 1960s, and it's all given to you. Yeah. I mean, I think he did pretty good considering. Well, of course, now you New York is a great place to get notoriety, but it's also a bad place. If you're not playing up to standards, they'll let you know it. And, they and, sure will. And um, not pre- like Philadelphia. The press, is, the press is not forgiven no. uh, when it comes to New York City. It's just unbelievable. There wasn't a lot of slander though on Mickey Mantle back in the day, was there? No, no, there wasn't. Even uh, in the mid '60s, when he started yeah. kind of, you know, giving out, moving to first base, they weren't scrutinizing him or nothing, were they? No, and, and of course, I think most people knew at that time that his body was given out. His legs were bleeding when he would play. He, he, he was at the end of his uh, career. Everybody knew it. And uh, I think, you know, when he first started, he wasn't playing up to what they thought that somebody was replacing Joe DiMaggio sure. was doing. And, but uh, as time went on, he became the favorite son of, of, of New York and, and – uh, and when Roger Maris broke Ruth's record instead of Mickey, um, poor old Roger. Like poor, poor, well, Roger, uh, uh, actually, Mickey took it better than the fans did. Roger Maris, he he became the goat for, for from then on. His hair was falling out and everything yeah, else. Yeah, bless his heart. I think Mickey hurt his ankle or something toward the end of the '61 season too, didn't he? Well, everything uh, on that leg was just about gone. Yeah. And but he was still fast. I, I mean, it's just unreal. He he, he had uh, all of those muscles and sinews and everything. They said it, it they'd never seen anybody like him. Uh the doctors did. It, they said he was just unbelievable. It's un- it is unbelievable. Yeah. In fact, he could, you know, switch hit and everything else and still, you know, hit for power. As a right-handed hitter at Yankee Stadium, you know, when Death Valley was, what, 465, 475 feet? Yeah. I mean, that's 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 some, yeah. Well, let's get away from the fun part for a little bit. Um, <laughs> Woodfins uh, is, is one of the more famous uh, funeral homes anywhere in the country. And, and of course, you've got Jennings and Ayers also. Very here. much so. Uh, and... Uh, Murfreesboro Funeral Home. Yeah, Murfreesboro mm-hmm. Funeral Home, and and, and that's what one thing. Uh, you guys are are uh, legends in this area. Now, when a new funeral home comes in, like Murfreesboro, is most of that 
would be for people who do not have deep roots in Rutherford County, or how does that work? I would say more or less for the newer people. I yeah. mean, because we have a, you know, a lot of the families uh, we do serve are, you know, repeated customers, mm -hmm. people that have used us in the past, and, you know, they're happy with our work, and, you know, we try and keep a lot of the funeral traditions very traditional to the older times mm -hmm. and uh we just try and provide a great service so you're, you're just like family to the people that come in and you've been in the business now for a while uh thomas and if i was a baseball player i'd be getting ready to retire you know that well what if it's people that you know family people that you've known for just about your whole life and uh, people that you have dealt with with other some of their family had gone on before them mm -hmm. um, how how do you feel when, when you see that uh, uh, just like uh, my wife Jackie passed right. away and and you did a lot of the things for me and then when I go ahead and pass away uh, we've already got my stuff ready and uh, we did I, it before radio talk show one day yeah we did it's Sylvan. Yeah. And, and uh, <laughs> what I couldn't understand, you had a big smile on your face. I don't know Usually why. Usually when we're dealing with something like that, people get a little teary-eyed, and you were just tickled to death. Probably just because you were making me laugh. Oh, is it? You think we don't, so? Yeah, we don't get commission or anything like that. So, I mean, I, That's I, terrible. I you, wasn't making any money off of you. If I had to make commission in this business, I'd go drive a trash truck. Yeah. I don't want to make money off someone's loved one. Well, do you, uh, are you one of these people that you get us ready before the funeral? Uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, when you stuff us and all that stuff. Uh, embalming? Embalming, yeah. Thank yeah, you very much. I do all that. You do? Mm-hmm. I like it. Are you going to make fun of me no. when I'm gone? No. I'll put a big smile on your face. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, people won't I may be, give you that people jersey. Won't be, it on you pretty good. People won't be used to that. A Mickey Mantle jersey with a Tennessee Vols hat? Would you give me this this jersey? You, I would. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, that's pretty neat. You're the exception. Uh, I'm an exception. Not today, but, I, in, in, you know, if you pass away. If, if we, if, we uh, uh, if, if I was fortunate enough to go to heaven, and, and uh, you know uh, what? What was that? Kevin Costner, uh, Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. Yeah. Do you think that I could utilize this shirt? Uh, could I take the shirt with me when I go up there and maybe play a, a couple of innings with the Mick and, and <laughs> Babe Ruth and all that bunch? He might not want you wearing number seven. Well, I never thought about that. Yeah. But I was a I was a big fan of his. He might he might let me. Go up there and eat at Mickey Mantle's restaurant? Yeah, yeah. Did you ever go there? No. Never did? No, I went to Stan Musial's restaurant. I didn't, yeah, I guess I remember him having one. Did yeah, they, he, did he, had, he, had a big, he had a big-time restaurant in St. Louis. And was course, it good? Yeah, yeah. It's it a was. nice place. And, and, and they treat you. It's, it's almost St. Louis, in some respects, reminds me of a still a small town. I can see that. But it... But in the last year or two, you know, it, it, uh, uh, it's taken a, a, a different personality because of all the strikers and uh, uh, all think, those people protesting and things like that. I think since the 60s or 70s it started going down. Yeah. I mean, you look at where the old ballpark was up there on Grand Avenue. I mean, and that closed in 65, and it was they said the neighborhood then was going down. And now if you drive through there, it's 
you better make it daytime, not yeah. nighttime. What What is the best baseball town for somebody like you? I mean, you're a, you're a, a, one of these people. You know just about everything that's ever happened in the game of baseball. St. Louis is a great place. Yeah. They they treated me nicer than any any of the other ballpark uh, that I've been to. They actually had somebody out there that uh, made sure my car was parked right in front of the door where you walk in, and, mm-hmm. and then we went up into the um, the the balcony area where they have all the restaurants and everything. And is this the I've new never, ballpark or the old one? Uh, this was the Bush uh, Memorial. Oh, uh, yeah, this was the old. Okay. one. Okay. And they were just absolutely. I, I got to take my dad, my mama, and uh, Jackie with me one time, and, and uh, we had plush seats and everything. Now I bet uh, that one, was a ball. One of the uh, people that I, I became friends with, uh, he worked. He was a, a, an executive with Neuter's Steel Company, mm-hmm. and uh, when I would go, he would make sure that uh, that. Truman was taken we were care take, of. We were taken care of. You, you, uh, you, you know the uh, the chief of police of Smyrna, don't you, Kevin? I do. I've, yeah. I've heard of him. Yeah. We, we <laughs> see that was his favorite team. So still is. We went with all that bunch, and that's one of the best uh, trips I've ever taken because uh, I told Kevin now. Now we can't. You can't cuss. Because we got preachers with Kevin us, doesn't and you can't, you, and we can't drink beer. Now Kevin that's the one that caught him. Kevin doesn't that, drink beer, does he? That got his eyes. <laughs> and whenever that beer vendor would go by, hollering beer, 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 and it was about a hundred degrees that day outside. And I've never seen Kevin. You could tell. Oh my goodness. If if only I wasn't with Truman and the in the preachers today. I mean, it was just it was just it, he, it was precious. He it should was, have walked to the bathroom. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but baseball they is have still, concourses for a reason. Yeah, baseball is still the most fun game there is, it as is. far as I'm concerned. And I've been to 50 different ballparks for a game, Major League Baseball game. Have not been to the new Rangers ballpark that opened last year. I had tickets for opening day. Mm-hmm. I mean this year. Yeah. But with the whole COVID thing, you know, we couldn't go because they canceled opening day. Mm-hmm. But what I was going to say, as far as baseball town, I think St. Louis is number one just because the fans' knowledge of yeah. the Cardinals' history. Yeah. And the Cardinals go back to 1882 in in St. Louis, and they've been the Cardinals I think since like 1902. But I mean, their history is just phenomenal. They've yeah. got a rich history. I mean, you know, started winning World Series in 1926 and, you know, come along pretty strong since. But we're one of the first teams to develop a farm club. Uh, but, you know, the, the Cubs have a good history. The Red Sox have a good history. I mean, every team, even the Yankees to an extent. But I think the thing about St. Louis I like is it's all right there within two blocks. Yeah. They've got Bush Memorial where you're talking about going to a game. Mm-hmm. They have home plate, first, second, third base. They have the whole infield still intact. So before a game, you can go over there and run the bases on the old ballpark. You've got Ballpark Village. You've got museums dedicated to the Cardinals' history. You've got all kinds of food places. So, I mean, in a good two big square blocks, you've got everything right there you need as far as, you know, baseball history. And that's what I, you know, kind of look at when I go to a ballpark. The Braves used to have it at Turner Field and since moving to 
SunTrust, which is now what Truist or yeah, Truist, yeah, Truist. The baseball history is there, but in my opinion, it's not as deep as it should be because the Braves franchise they're actually the oldest continuous in baseball. They go back to 1871 in Boston. Mm-hmm. I think they were the Boston Americans first. I forget. They had several different name changes, but then they became the Braves and been the Braves ever since. But yeah. Now, they, did, weren't they originally uh, – I know they were the Boston Braves at one time. Mm-hmm. And then they went to, I believe, Milwaukee. Is that right? Went to Milwaukee in 1953. Left, uh, they left Boston after the 52 season. Went to Milwaukee in 53. And that relocation, because the Boston Braves, they actually had their AAA team in Milwaukee. So they yeah. moved to Milwaukee. When they moved to Milwaukee in 53, they just started winning. And then you remember the 1950s. Yeah. Lou Burdett, Eddie Matthews, Hank Aaron, of course. Eddie Matthews, the funny thing, Eddie Matthews was known as the home run hitter for the Braves. And and guess uh, who was was with him on that team. It it just doesn't – you you can't ever tell. Baseball is so funny. But I think the thing that, for me, that hurts baseball more than anything else is the franchise moving from city to city. Uh, You know, if if it could just stay located – in the city that it starts, and, and let the history grow with it. I mean, uh, we got a gentleman here at Adams Place. He's from Brooklyn. Oh, wow. Believe it or not. And when you asked him uh, about the Dodgers, he says, them bums, mm-hmm. right? And I never will forget when, when they sold out and, and went to L.A., I couldn't believe it because, you, yeah, it's it's all about money. Nothing and, but. And I think money can destroy more things than, than it really helps because, um, you know, they're, Nashville's thinking about maybe getting a baseball team. And I wish they would. I uh, wish but they I would wish too. they could start, you know, as a team on its own. I agree. I don't think it's going to happen like that, but I agree. I think that'd be nice. I just don't see Major League Baseball expanding. To 32 teams. Say they're going to. I hear that, but then I also hear a relocation. And if there's a relocation team that's going to relocate, the one that makes sense is the Tampa Bay Rays. Tampa Bay is in the East. that'll happen? If a team relocates, I think it's Tampa. They can't get a ballpark approval in Tampa or St. Petersburg. Mm -hmm. Or they can't right now. I mean, if they win the World Series or go to the World Series, I mean, they're going to make a strong push for a ballpark. And if they don't get a ballpark, I mean, I could see the ownership, you know, moving. But a lot of things have to happen for Nashville to get a a team. And that's why I'm kind of sitting here shaking my head thinking it'd be nice. But, you know, they just built First Tennessee Park. They Mm -hmm. spent $50 million on that taxpayer money. Number two – You've got to get approval from the Nashville Sounds. They've got to be able to go some. They they have to be bought out basically, so a team can move in here. I don't see the Nashville Sounds doing that. I mean, they could, mm-hmm. I guess, for the right price. But then they're talking about building a new ballpark because uh, First Tennessee Park or whatever they call it, too small. They've got condos around it that can't, you know, expand it the way yeah. they need to, which is kind of sad because then you lose that whole historical Sulphurdale area. Yeah. And there's rumors. I love that old ballpark. I was going to say, yeah, and you got so much history right there, and they've tried, you know, putting history back into that area because 
10 years ago when no one cared about it, I was going to Nashville and it was just a green space that where the ice house used to sit. It was a parking lot in a green space. Yeah. And I would just walk around kind of pretending where home plate and stuff was. But then, you know, they've invested all that money there and they've, you know, brought back the whole Germantown area of Northern Nashville. Yeah. But I just don't see them going to proposing Steiner lift, you know, just South of Nissan stadium. Mm-hmm. Steiner Lift's got to be able to agree to sell all their property. No telling what they're going to want for that. And then taxpayer money, they're talking about like $1.5 billion for a retractable roof baseball stadium. You start going, trying to get that approved. Then you got the Tennessee Titans here sitting in Nissan Stadium that's, what, 22 years old. Mm -hmm. You know, they're going to want a new football stadium eventually. And I just don't know if Nashville can afford you know, all that. And they just built the billion-dollar convention center right there at, what, 8th Avenue? Yeah. Where the old Greyhound bus station was. Yeah. So it's just a lot of money in the next couple of years. It looks like it's going to have to be invested. And I just – I don't know the financial status of Nashville, but it's just a lot of dominoes having to fall to, you know, get a team in Nashville. They'd have been better off sitting on Greer Stadium for a couple more years and then making a push – instead of going with the new ballpark, you know, there at Salfordale. But don't you kind of agree? Yeah, I, I like the history of baseball. And, and I like the old stadiums. Yeah. Um, they had their own character, uh, the stadiums did. But when you when you had these people that, that uh, got into the business, like Steinbrenner, mm-hmm. I thought Steinbrenner was one of the worst things that ever happened to baseball. I, I, he changed so many things. But... Uh, it, it wasn't like the old bunch that had the, the Yankees back in those days. Sure. And, and, and then uh, it, it, the same thing uh, happened. Well, uh, uh, Ted Turner, I thought I was not happy when, when he became the owners of the Braves. But, but of course, he had the money. And, well, it's annoying James, the problem with Ted Turner. Yeah. Well, I never will forget when she was spotted over there at the Brave baseball game and all the booing just completely uh, uh, I've never heard it so loud to be yeah. perfectly honest with you and uh, he was he was different I think he was he was larger than the sport he thought he was anyway just like the Dallas Cowboys is right now. Jerry Jones yeah uh, I, I think it, it, it ruins the sport in that area when the owners become larger than the team. Don't ever go to Ted Montana, Ted's Montana Grill. I got a wild hair one night with my wife mm-hmm. to go there because it was, you know, Ted Turner's restaurant. Yeah. Wasted two hours and $100. It was awful. Worst food ever, worst service ever. I would never do anything well, if, if he's an owner there. Yeah. I just wouldn't do it. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. We'll be talking baseball and uh, uh, with Thomas Booker. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Adams Place is founded by Dr. Carl E. Adams, a physician and lifelong resident of Middle Tennessee. He and Jenny May had a dream of building a campus concept of life care facilities for older adults. 
Adams Place Residential Living Director Terry Deal. Discover that senior living is fun. Call us at Adams Place and arrange a tour today. Adams Place is at 1927 Memorial Boulevard. Did you know that if a fire starts in your home, you only have two minutes to safely escape? That's why it's important to have working smoke alarms and test them monthly. I'm Kathy Farrell with the American Red Cross. You should also develop an escape plan and practice that plan so everyone in your family can get out in less than two minutes. A home fire can strike anywhere, anytime, devastating families, but we can change that. Make your plan today. Visit www.redcross.org to learn more. Now's the time to start teaching good financial habits to your children, and we're here to help. Hi, I'm Nancy with Heritage South Community Credit Union. Our chipmunk and squirrel saver accounts help your child learn how to save and reward them for regular deposits or good grades. Our team cash accounts help your team learn to manage their money wisely and have options to build their credit. To learn more, visit our website, HeritageSouth.org, insured by the NCUA. President Donald Trump has nominated another strong conservative to the Supreme Court. Amy Coney Barrett shares our conservative Tennessee values, and she respects our Constitution and the rule of law. Bill Haggerty supports Amy Coney Barrett's nomination, and he's running for Senate to help President Trump confirm more constitutionalist judges. Here's Bill Haggerty. The liberal mob is attacking the values that make America great. They want to take away our religious liberties, take away our Second Amendment rights, and encourage taxpayer-funded abortion up until the moment of birth. The mob knows they can't pass their radical agenda in Congress, so they want to hijack the courts to do their dirty work. Together, we can stop them. As your senator, I'll stand with President Trump to confirm constitutionalist Supreme Court justices like Amy Coney Barrett, Brett Kavanaugh, and Neil Gorsuch. I'm Bill Haggerty, candidate for United States Senate, and I approve this message. Paid for by Team Haggerty. Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. Police tasered and detained a man who crashed a vehicle into a police squad car in the back parking lot at the Laverne Police Department. Several officers were in the parking lot around 7.30 Monday night when the collision occurred. The officers drew their weapons and ordered the driver out of the car. When he didn't comply, one officer used a taser to subdue him. He was then taken to a hospital to be evaluated. No officers were injured during the incident. Early voting for the November election starts Wednesday in Tennessee. It'll last through Thursday, October 29th. Tennessee election officials say they believe early voting will exceed in-person voting on Election Day. Election Day is Tuesday, November 3rd. Police trying to find a Schwinn bicycle stolen October 2nd from the front porch of a home on Holtz Court. Police say they've security video of a six-foot-tall man with a slim build, short dark hair, wearing glasses. He appears to be carrying a large knife or a machete. The same night of the Schwinn theft, a Nishiki bicycle was stolen from the backyard of a home on Briar Bend Drive, about three-quarters of a mile away. Stolen Schwinn bike was then left in place where the second bike was taken. There is a security video on WGNSRadio.com and the name and number of who to call if you can identify the suspect. The Salvation Army beginning its annual holiday fundraiser a month earlier than usual. Officials say people across the mid-state are struggling just to pay bills and put food on the table, never mind affording gifts. They hope by starting the Red Kettle campaign early, they'll be able to meet the $575,000 goal needed to serve the community. They're sponsoring the Red Kettle Challenge. That's a commitment to take one kettle, create one team, and raise $1,000 in one month. 
When news breaks, we tweet it. Follow us at WGNS Radio. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. At Bud's Tire Pros, they care about those who live and work here because you're a big part of what makes this place great. This is Kay Mitchell at Bud's Tire. Come by and see us at Bud's Tire, 3600 East Main Street, or call 896-TIRE. They will be here through the good times and the uncertain times. For those who are out on the road, stop in today to see their full lineup of Michelin tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin has a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, they're essential, they're open, they're local. Visit them online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. We'll see mostly sunny skies here this afternoon with a high in the low 70s. Winds out of the north at 5 to 10 miles per hour. For tonight, mostly clear, low near 43. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 52. Premier Six Theater is open. They're excited to see you again and will be showing some classic movies you'll be sure to enjoy. Check MurfreesboroMovies.com for showtimes for Premier Six Theater. They're now open. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. We, uh, what, why is baseball the most fun thing that you do? And, and when you get married, <laughs> like you did, well, it hasn't been that recently now, but, um, is that one of the questions that you ask her? Well, what do you think about baseball? And, and uh, w- would you mind us going to every ballpark in the United States and doing all those things? She knew, she knew my my passion when she met me. Yeah. So I've just got to be careful not to put it above her. Well, you won't ever do that. No. You're smarter than that. I think I am. I'm not perfect, but I think yeah. I am. So, but no, I mean, she, she's, she's the best. That's why I married her. Yeah. But, uh, no, I mean, she's really cool about it. She yeah. likes going. I mean, you know, I don't want to do it 24, seven, 365, but you know, if, if I can incorporate one little thing on a trip and then mm-hmm. she can do the rest, all's well. What does she think when, when y'all go to a formal dinner or something like that? And uh, everybody's dressed in tuxedos, and you're you're dressed in a Minnesota Twins outfit. <laughs> what does she say about that? If I can get away with it, she just rolls her eyes and gives me a cute little smirk and shakes her head. Yeah, that's all right though. Just make the best of it. She knows I like it, so she's pretty cool with it. I, mean, yeah. I typically like wearing a jersey wherever I go. Yeah, it's a conversation piece. Does she think that uh, Pete Rose belongs in the Hall of Fame? She probably don't care. I don't know if I ever even asked her or not. But, you know, he was probably, overall, Pete Rose was the best ball player for the Cincinnati Reds when they were the number one team, I think, in the 1970s. They 
They were a dominant team back then. I don't know. I think Joe Morgan. No, not better than Rose. I don't know. A couple years there, back-to-back. Or Bench. I don't know. Bench is another one. I got to ask my Cincinnati Reds history group and see what they say. I mean, Pete's one of the best, but I don't know. There was nobody like him. He was very unique in, in baseball. Oh, yeah. He he was more like a football player playing the game of baseball, but nobody was better at hitting than he was. In the last 40 or 50 years, though, I mean, I don't think there's a better second baseman than Joe Morgan. Oh, he was good. I I'm not saying he just died, it. but I I think he – But I think – I'm, I'm kind of comparing it to other uh, people who have made it to the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. As far as on the field, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody deserved it more than him. I mean, Rose was very consistent, and he yeah. was consistent for a long time. Hardly ever hurt, hardly ever played with an injury, which is kind of interesting considering he played on AstroTurf so much. Yeah. Especially, you know, after 1970 when the Reds moved to Riverfront Stadium. Wasn't it the Braves that stopped his hitting streak? Uh, I think it I believe it was. I don't know. Yeah, it was. I can't think of the picture. Because he was so angry. That's right. And, and and he was obsessed with baseball. I mean, kind of like you. Mm-hmm. He he was uh, he he wanted to be the best, at, uh, just like the the um, uh, what what was the name of the movie that uh, um, he always wanted to be the best player that ever was. Uh, the movie he he uh, was shot. Uh, oh, the natural. Yeah, the natural. Robert Redford. Yeah, Robert Redford. Yeah. He, he, Roy reminded, Dobbs. he reminded me of Robert Redford. Of course, he was not a home run hitter. I could see that. But but he, he was obsessed with becoming the, the greatest player that ever was. I could see that. Yeah. I, I think he's... I think he's like in the top fifteen or like top fifteen players. I don't think he's the best. Yeah. I mean, I think Mickey Mantle's better than Pete Rose. Oh, well, I do too. A lot of people think Pete Rose is great because of the hits, but he had the longevity. And here's the thing: when you start playing baseball, when you get to a certain age, it's hard for a team to keep you. Yeah. And want to have you. And he was still, you know, hitting a hundred hits a year or whatever. But he, he was still consistent. He just, you know, was kind of, well, he turned more into a manager there in, like, what, 86? Yeah. And was managing player manager. I wish you'd see more player managers in baseball. Uh, That's happened very rarely. Very rarely. I mean, he was the last player manager, and that was over 30 years ago. You know, I, I still think, in, in some ways, New York – is a great baseball city. Uh, if you think about it, because they're so attuned to uh, the movies and things like that, just like Lou Gehrig. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Gary Cooper played Lou Gehrig in, in that movie, oh, my goodness, when they uh, gave that speech at the end when he considers himself the luckiest man on the face of the earth, that still gets me because... I've, I've seen so many. I've seen it so many times. The the clip mm-hmm. of when Lou Gehrig was actually standing there, and he just what he did 
when he was speaking to the the fans there was just unreal. Kind of pitiful, wasn't it? I mean, it was in pitiful, a sad way. but it, but but it was. Uh, you, you know, you had so much respect for him at that time. Showed his appreciation. Yeah, yeah. But you, you don't get those things in in the smaller uh, collar. Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh oh. Uh oh. Were once amazing. They well, still are semi. Yeah, yeah. The Pirates have a great history. They have a rich history going way back. Rutherford County's first ever person to win the World Series yeah. was Johnny Gooch from Smyrna, Tennessee. Oh, I, I, I can answer this, and you, and you do it a lot better. It says, Collar Pittsburgh Pirates were once amazing. What happens to team that once were? Never hear about them anymore. It's just, I can tell you, and, and I'll see if you agree with me, the announcers are not like they used to be, and they only know what's going on in today's world. That's true. And they will. Uh, there's no comparison as far as they're concerned. Today's players are a whole lot better than those players were in the in the 20s and the 30s and all the way up to now. And, and they're 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 misleading. And, and I don't like the announcers of it today. If you try to compare them with the Mel Allens and, and uh, Harry Carey's and Bob, all those. You remember Bob Prince? Yeah, Bob Prince. With the Pittsburgh yes, Pirates. Right. Yes, he was a great announcer. You know what happened today 60 years ago? What? Ralph Terry gave up a home run to somebody. Oh, now give me a break. <laughs> I should have worn my Mazeroski jersey. Did he say something about that? Obviously, uh, I, I didn't say, but no. obviously the Pittsburgh Pirates, that, that was their uh, – Best game of the uh, of all times. It probably was. Yeah. In 1925, they won Game Seven, but it was different. Yeah. But it, it was. Uh, uh, I remember Mickey Mantle hit a home run in Pittsburgh that they said had never been hit that far before, and that was in in the World Series. But uh, it, we we're all Babe Ruth hit three at Forbes Field. His last. I think it was his last three home runs. He had a three-home run game. And I think the last Willie ball. Willie Stargell hit a few of them over yeah. there. Willie Stargell, Pops. Yeah. He had the long ball. But Mazeroski, somebody you don't think of as a, you know, power hitter, which he really yeah. wasn't. He was a very talented defensively second baseman. But, you know, we have our favorite team. And I like the Pirates, though, of the, well, of the 60s. The 50s, they were awful. But yeah. Danny Murtaugh. Pirates manager, he won the 60 World Series and the 71 World Series. He should be in the Hall of Fame. If the Yankees shortstop could catch the ball, it would never got that far. <laughs> I don't know why in the world they uh -huh. had him. Uh, he, he was not a Phil Rizzuto, I can tell you that. No. But the Yankees, I think that was kind of their, one of their, their downfalls, in my opinion, was they didn't have – they didn't have – the dominant pitching. They had dominant pitching in the early 50s, but then come the late 50s, early 60s, I mean, you had Whitey Ford, you had Bob Grimm one year. Chairman of the board, Whitey Ford. Yeah, which, I mean, in my opinion, Whitey Ford's one of the best left-handed hitters ever, I mean, pitchers ever. Oh, no doubt. And you look at when he played, the era he played in, I mean, he dominated. Yeah. And, and I, I don't know if, if you ever saw him or not. I, I can remember that he had the the easiest 
delivery of any pitcher I've ever seen. Of course, he was a left-hand pitcher. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, and it was just almost effortless. I've never seen anything. Uh, he was he was throwing 90 miles an hour, but he had all these other pitches that went with him, and you never knew what was going to be coming at you. No. He was amazing. He had some good teachers, though, when he first started. Of course, you know, Jim Turner from Nashville was the Braves pitch or the Yankees pitching coach. Yeah. And uh he had a lot of influence on Whitey Ford, but Allie Reynolds and Vic Rashi and Eddie Lopat, all star pitchers for the Yankees in the early fifties, late forties, you know, they helped influence him and in my opinion, I think Whitey Ford kinda carried the Yankees and, you know, I know you love Mickey Mantle and he kinda gets the glory, but I I, I kind of always thought Whitey Ford never got what he deserved. I mean he won a Cy Young in sixty one, but I just I don't know. I always kind of thought he was underrated. Well, he had all that power behind him. And, and you and played on the Yankees. But yeah. he was it, though, really. Like I said, if you'd have had two or three Waddy Fords in 1960, uh, the Pirates would not have won, and Casey Stengel would have kept his job. Yeah. but I, I still believe that um, center field is, is the gr- glory place. You know, they've got that song, I'd rather... I want to play center field. And oh yeah, things like that. John, but, but, but if you look at all the people that uh, made the, the 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 covers of all these sports magazines back then, mm-hmm. just about all of them were center fields. They every once in a while somebody would slip in. But, Duke, Willie, but, and Mickey. Yeah, yeah. In the fifties. Yeah, if you. Of course, Duke Snyder was a great ball player, but he played in a band box. He really did. Yeah. Uh, Brooklyn was a, a – when you think about it, it was different, but it was a terrible uh, I think right field. field was like 290. Of course, you had the fence. Left field was probably 310. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't deep. Center field was like 395 maybe or something like that. Well, of course, Willie Mays, the big thing that pushed him – was 1954 World mm-hmm. Series when he made that catch. Uh, off that Vic Wirtz. Completely, yeah, off of Vic Wirtz when he was heading toward the center field wall and just reached out and like he wasn't even looking for the it. The 1954 Giants were one of my favorite teams and the 1951 New York Giants. I mean, they were just... 54 had a Nashville ball ball player on it. Uh, 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 Bob Lennon. Yeah. Yeah, Bob... And and and, yeah. and uh, well that but that's not the one that hit the home run in right field uh, for the Giants. You uh, thinking Dusty Rhodes? Yes, Dusty yeah. Rhodes. I think he batted three forty one and yeah fifty four. And everybody's like wondering that. why in the world did they bring him up? Mm-hmm. And, and it, it was quite obvious. DeRocher knew what was going on, didn't he? Yeah, he did. But the nineteen fifty four uh, New York Giants. I'm thinking only two players are still left living from that team: Willie Mays and then. Um. Uh, oh gosh, I've got a brain fart. You did. I what? just talked about him the other day. You did what? I can't think of his name. <laughs> Lord have mercy. He doesn't even know what he just said. So we're moving <laughs> on to that. <laughs> I hope your wife is listening. It'll you, come I back. can't wait till you get home. Yeah. Bless your heart. I might go into hiding. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of his name. I just on the tip of my tongue he played for the twins in 65 relief pitcher well there's no way you could not know that then what do you mean well if somebody plays for the twins that stays ingrained in your brain well it's supposed to but i have some timers once in a while uh lord have mercy that just that's embarrassing when you can't remember al worthington sorry 
Yeah. You remember him? I remember him. He lives just south of Birmingham. I need to call him sometime and check on him. How do you keep up with all these people? I don't know. I talked to Billy Martin's son Sunday. Oh, really? Billy Martin Jr. Yeah. He lives in Dallas, Fort Worth. Has he been in baseball at all? No, not really. I checked on his mom. His mom's doing pretty good, apparently. Yeah, they used to go down and do some hunting down there. Mm-hmm. Billy Martin, Mickey Mantle, all that. Whitey much. Ford. Whitey Ford. Maybe. Uh, Did Hank Bauer ever go That's with what him? I was thinking. Hank Bauer, I think he was one of them. Yeah. If he didn't go hunting, you know, he was at Toot Shore. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, I, that's what kept them going, evidently. Ain't that the truth? I think he'd go to shore, though, back in the 1950s, and he'd, yeah. he'd kind of protect you a little bit and probably give you a couple free drinks for being there. Have you ever noticed how baseball players are uh, when they're playing and after they play? It's almost like it, it, it's like watching Peter Pan. Every, every, they never grow up, do they? It, it's amazing, and I love that. They don't grow up, but here's what's crazy. is you look at ball players from like the 1940s, 50s, 60s, even going back to the 20s and 30s, mm-hmm. they look like men even though they're, you know, I think your phone's ringing. Well, you it's all keep, good. You're going to keep talking to everybody and I'll yeah. say that. No, it says United States. So oh, just it's a spam. Probably so. Yeah, you're nicer than I am. But uh-huh. no, it's just they look like men, and I'm thinking they're 32 years old, but it looks like my father. Mm-hmm. But now I'm 37, and I look like a little kid. Even players today just look young. They don't look like men. You ever notice that? No. Oh come on, you have to. Like Mickey Mantle, for instance, in like 1963, 64, didn't he look? Older than, what, born in 34 maybe? So he's probably, what, 30? I think, I think it's in the eye of the beholder. You think so? And I think it's it's how uh, you feel about each one of the players. Now, if I like them, yeah, the, to me they stay looking I younger like all, all the time. But, but if it's somebody I didn't particularly care for. Who would you not care for? I'm not saying. Tell me. No, I, I, um, I had some of those players that uh, – like back in the 50s, who's somebody you just didn't like? You didn't hate them, you just didn't like them. Well, the but, Yankees but, but were so you, dominant, you, you shouldn't. You have to understand. Be prejudiced with me being, anybody. With me being a Yankee fan. Right. A lot of the Dodgers I didn't like because okay. they were the number one enemy for the New York Yankees. Duke back Snyder. Then. Yeah, yeah, and some, some of that bunch. They, Gil Hodges. Uh,. Campanella. Gil, uh, Gil Hodges is off and on. Uh, sometimes I liked him, sometimes I didn't. But if they were playing against the Yankees, I didn't like any of them. Right. And, and, uh, so how about the Giants? Did you have the same feeling for the Giants? Um, no, actually, I, I had. I liked, they didn't play the Giants very much back then because the Dodgers Just, dominated well, yeah, the Giants during that particular Dodgers time. a lot more. Yeah. How about the Milwaukee Braves? Did you like the Milwaukee Braves? They played the Yankees twice, 57, 58. For some reason, I always liked Eddie Matthews. Mm-hmm. It, it, it seemed like he, he just had a touch of class. Kind of like a happy-go-lucky guy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And anybody that loved the game of baseball, see, that's one thing that you and I are, are different at. But I think you've come across where you think that Pete Rose actually belongs in, in the Hall of Fame. And, and I've yeah, been I mean, saying he's this, a Hall of Famer. I, I, I like the way he played. 
uh, I, I know that he would aggravate me sometimes by his attitude, but when he was on the ball field, I loved to watch him play because he gave everything on every play. I kind of like that arrogant thing, though, about him. And like I said, I've met him a couple times. He's a great person, one of the nicest people I ever met. But I kind of like that air about him. It's kind of like George Brett. George Brett's cocky, but I kind of like it. Yeah. I mean, one of the best third basemen ever, but he just, you know, you can talk to him, but just don't say anything stupid. All right. Who who was the best shortstop in the history of the game overall? Honus Wagner. Well, what about the Chicago Cubs shortstop? Ernie Banks? Yeah. Man. Look at look at how many home runs he hit and his attitude. I like. I always like Ernie Banks oh, because yeah. of his attitude and the way he played the game. Now he he before he played a game he said let's play two uh, today. He wanted to play a doubleheader every time. I'd every, say every let's game. play three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love the game. Yeah, but no, I mean I like Ernie Banks. I don't have anything against him. The thing about Ernie Banks, I guess I feel sorry for, is he played on a lot of bad teams for the yeah, Cubs. He did. And then the one time, you know, the Cubs did shine, they they uh, collapsed in 1969 to the Mets Yeah, under Leo DeRocher. But, uh, no, I, I think overall, I mean, you look at Honus Wagner, and he just, I mean, defensively and offensively, of course, you know, you, you did not hit a lot of home runs back then, but, I mean – you know, his batting average and everything like that. The the game has changed so much because it of, has. of the, the, the fields and and the way that the bats are made and the way that the ball, uh, baseballs have been tightened up. I agree. I mean, uh, they talk about somebody hitting home runs 420, 450 feet. And uh, it, 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 it seems like sometimes – they're actually checking their swing, and the ball goes flying over the the uh, outfield, and it just it kind of drives me crazy. And, and I was telling telling you about uh, uh, Austin Riley hitting that mm-hmm. home run last night for the Braves. That's the first time that I've ever heard the ball sound like it used to when I would listen to the radio and Mickey Mantle would hit a home run. I had never heard anything like it. It just like it. the ball just has that crisp, you know, uh, unbelievable impact to it. See that ball, that and that, that sound you're talking about. See, I always thought King Griffey Jr. He had that ability because you know, like back in the early '90s, a lot of people were comparing Griffey with Mickey Mantle as far as just pure athleticism. Yeah, and uh, I remember watching Griffey, you know, 25 years ago and. You know, he'd have that beautiful swing, mm-hmm. one of the prettiest swings in baseball. And if he got a hold of one, you just kind of like with Mickey Mantle, you knew it was gone. Yeah. But well, unfortunately, I, I was watching I just, that game last night. Well, see, I, I was watching it. And but he it was, hit. The, you didn't hear it? I fell asleep. Oh. Uh, like in the fourth inning. That ball, I mean, it just had that sound. And as soon as I heard it, I said, that one is gone. You think the Braves are going to beat the Dodgers? Um, yeah, I do. Kershaw pitches tonight. He hasn't you know, had very good luck pitching in, in the playoff games. He has not. And, I don't know what his record is. the greatest pitcher but... ever, and he, he just had, always has problems. He's an amazing pitcher. Yeah. I mean, he's got Sandy Koufax numbers, I think, to an extent. You know, 
he doesn't have the wins, but he has the ERA and he has the walks, hits, innings pitched. I mean, he's he's dominant. He's very dominant. I wouldn't want to face him during the regular season. Who's the most dominant pitcher ever? Not in just uh, playoffs or World Series ever in baseball. I'm going old school. Walter Johnson. You're way back. 417 wins, 3,500 strikeouts. Of course, that's 30 game everything winner. was different back then. It was. But when you say overall, most dominant pitcher I ever saw person and met was Randy Johnson. But the most dominant, I, and I saw Randy Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most dominant uh, pitcher I ever saw was Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan. Well, I saw he, Nolan he, Ryan, he too. He was yeah. unbelievable. He could throw 11 or 12 innings and still be throwing 100 miles an hour. Now, how in the world can somebody <laughs> last like that? He was unique. And you look at everybody that pitched back in the 1980s, and everyone threw their arm out except Roger Clemens, which I think we maybe know why. But then, yeah. and I never know. vote for him for Hall of Fame. Roger Clemens was tough, though. I mean, he was he was. But why would in the world would he cheat when he still had that arm? I mean, why would he cheat in baseball? I, I don't know. It's kind of unfortunate. Yeah, I think it was just time because you know talking to a lot of and he players, lied when he went before the the uh, committee. Pete Rose lied. <laughs> what did he? What? Which part did he lie about? Not gambling. No, 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 no. He he was saying that he didn't gamble on his own. I game. thought he first said he never gambled. Period. Well, on baseball. No, he he was saying that he never game gambled on his own team. You think he did? No, I don't. You don't think he did? No, I don't think he did. I don't know. I don't really care. Like I said, but he did. As far he as the player, gamble, he didn't gamble as far as his own abilities yeah. are concerned. Yeah. When, when when you make yourself look better than what you really are, like they did with all the things that were going on, and people will say, "Well, yeah, but it made people start watching baseball again." So. I mean, when you do something like that, it, it did. It, that's no it, worse than the, what the Chicago White Sox did. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree a hundred percent. And I used to feel different about Shoeless Joe Jackson, but I don't think he belongs. I think he's crooked as all get out, and I think he's a moron. And he I went. Th- he went to heaven. I hope so. He did. I'm sure he did. He did. I don't think he was a bad person, but. I've read a lot of stuff in the last year on the 19th. We saw him in the Field of Dreams. Oh, he came back. Well, he was out there playing. And, that's true. Yeah. Maybe it was purgatory. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But, no, I mean, just looking back on the 1919 White Sox, and I've read several different books in the last year on them, and I just got a whole different opinion on all that. I used to feel sorry for him and stuff, but, you know, that's one thing about just things in general. If there's a situation you might not agree with or, you know, someone saying something, you do your own research and you can pretty much find out the truth, and that's in anything in life. But going back and doing my own research on the 1919 White Sox, it was pretty corrupt. All eight of them deserved to be kicked out and never be brought back into the game. And anybody that wants to defend him, you know, they just don't do their homework. It is all media, about it's all about the mafia who, well, who took over. Mafia, that. yes, but then also the media protected him. Yeah, and I don't know why I protected him, but they protected him. It's but just you know, baseball. It should be beyond that. It, it's it's a young boys game. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the kids back in those days and, and in my time, 
those were our heroes, the baseball players. Mm-hmm. And, and you knew what they looked like, and and they would sign your uh, the baseball for you. And they wanted to actually, the baseball players wanted to please the kids because they weren't that far away from that particular time when when everything that that you enjoyed had something to do with the game at that time. Oh yeah, I agree. I mean, I it's just. It's and see, I think baseball, in my opinion, in the last probably fifteen twenty years, I I just think it's kind of done like a one eighty, and I feel like now fans don't have the interaction they used to have. No, they don't. I mean, you know, this new commissioner, I don't think he cares. I think he's trying to make a name for himself. I think he's controlled by the owners. Yeah. I don't think they should expand the playoffs and allow half the teams in like the NBA. I think the NBA's junk. I it don't is. think anyone cares about it. They don't. I mean, they've lost 70% they of, yeah. of, their, of their support. But it's not like what the NBA used to be. No. And, you know, this commissioner, of course, he's being controlled by the owners, and I can see why owners want more teams in the playoffs because then they get more money, more TV rights in the playoffs. You know, all about the money. It's all about the money, and I just I hate it. It makes me mad, and that's why I like the history because I can kind of just start from where I want and go back. Yeah. And I think history is kind of good because you already know what happened, so you really can't get disappointed. It's funny how mm-hmm. money destroys people, and money destroys and, a lot of people. And you sit out there and you watch the players, and they'll they'll fuss and fight over. Whether they're making forty million a year or fifty million, it it just distorts the mind so much. As long as they're out there playing something they enjoyed, baseball is a different game. It mm-hmm. really is, and and that's what I love. That's what you know. Players made a fair amount back in uh, Ruth's day in the twenties and the thirties, yeah. and then you go up to. To the the mantle. They days. still had to work in the off season. Yeah, yeah. Mickey Mantle had to work in the off season. Yeah. My dad's friend uh, is a very wealthy man from Texas, and his dad hired Mickey Mantle to take him to high school, or to, to, to I don't know if it was high school, elementary school, mm-hmm. but Mickey had to have a job. So this guy hired Mickey just to do stuff for him. And one thing Mickey did was drive his son to school in Texas in the off season. Yeah. Harmon Killebrew. Had a job in the off season, and a lot of those guys, when they got done with baseball, they had to get a job full time because, you know, they couldn't just sit back in their twenty million dollar house and smoke Cuban cigars. Yeah, and they love, they absolutely love the game. They do. They 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 love it. They appreciate it more, and I think they take more pride in it. You got the government calling you again. Well, this is from says Murfreesboro. Mm-hmm. I think I answered. I don't know. Hello. (laughs) They've got an order to suspend my Social Security. Oh. So somehow they've got... They actually have a number... Uh, you ought to just change your phone number. No, no. It it uh, spam is going to get you no matter what. That's true. But but if you ever get a call from all those that are listening from somebody saying they're a governmental organization, 
just uh, just ignore them. Yeah, in Kuwait because it has nothing to, it has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> Not a U.S. government organization, is it? No, no, no. Hey, no. I was going to tell you, my mom she goes to antique stores and places like that, and estate sales sometimes. Mm-hmm. Her and my dad are pretty much retired, so they just go. You know, they like looking at stuff. Yeah. She found this book, the Mickey Mantle story from 1953. She bought it for me. She mm-hmm. got home. She opened it up. Mickey Mantle had autographed it. Oh, wow. But it was one of his early signatures. Uh-huh. I got on uh, one of the auction house websites, mm-hmm. and the book had last sold for $1,600. Oh, wow. In that old signature. His old signature. I mean, I collect autographs. I know it's rare. And uh, she paid $2 for it. <laughs> oh, wow. My goodness. Yeah. If, is she is she going to leave you that book? Well, she's going to give it to me. And I thought if I die before you, I'm just going to let you have that book along with the jersey, okay? Oh, good. So, oh, wait you, a minute. you would appreciate now, I, it. Wait a minute. I thought this jersey was mine. I said at death. You you, you gave it to at me. At death. Hey, what? how does it feel on you, by the way? Oh, it feels good. Is In it fact, warm? I was a little cool. And when I put this thing on, I got, I got warm right quick. I tell you what, my friend Peter Capolino, he was the owner of Mitchell and Ness that makes that jersey. Uh-huh. And he uh, started making them back in the early to mid-80s. And uh, Oh, this is nice. Yeah, I mean, it's made just like the real ones. He sold the company about 15 years ago, but, I mean, he knew what he was doing when he started making them. Well, we've run out of time. We always do, don't we? Yeah. I don't know why, but... It's kind of a bummer. Time ends everything. Can Bart not let us go like another hour? The funeral home said it was okay with me. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Well, I don't think Bart's there. I, th- I think that... Uh, it's even better, isn't it? Yeah. We can go two hours. Yeah, but they're but they're going to cut us I off. I have a lot There's to talk nothing. about. There's nothing. Well, we'll get you back on. I look forward to it. Yeah. Maybe after the World Series. Oh, that'll be fine. We got uh, Bill Kennedy on tomorrow. Do you remember Bill Kennedy? I do. Tell Mr. Bill I said hello. I'll do it. Were you in school when he was uh, uh, SRO many, many years ago? No, unfortunately, I went to school in Ohio. Oh, I don't tell your many heart. people that, but I guess I just told Rutherford County. Well, of course, yeah. the schools aren't as difficult in Ohio as they are down here. It's a little bit different. Yeah. Not too bad. Didn't, didn't your IQ grow about 40 points once you moved down here? Oh, a lot more than that. Yeah, I would think so. <laughs> All right, guys, we will see you in the morning at 9. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.